Organic Poison, Sickest in the South. My name is Shane O, and I am your host. What if I talked like that the whole time? Yeah, so, welcome to the podcast. My name is Shane O, a.k.a. Shane Smith. This is the Organic Poison Podcast, bro. I've noticed I've been saying bro a lot more in my music lately. Uh, speaking of which, my uh, mixtape dropped, Flowers, it's out. It's cool if you get the chance to check it out. It's on Facebook and Instagram. Eventually, I'm going to put it on uh, SoundCloud and probably YouTube if I ever get around to actually, like... If I get my YouTube channel going, then I'm going to have a bunch of shit on there. But, I digress. A lot of you, this is your first time listening to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, before we get into it... um just want to tell you a little bit about my uh, guest. I've got these two uh, metalheads. Obviously, I'd say they're two bright individuals um, outside of just being metalheads, but um, definitely metalheads. Uh, Sam and uh, Shane, and Shane was a uh, supporter, uh, a, a, a sponsor rather, for this mixtape that I just released. See what I did and. I might have talked about this on a previous episode, but some of you probably might not know. I was doing a... Uh, I, I make music. I'm, I'm a rapper. So I needed some money to help fund the making of the project. So I just offered people who wanted to support the project. And it also came with shout-outs and you know, get an opportunity to get on the podcast and stuff like that. And... I don't ever sell anything, so people who want to support me and ask if there's a, you know, what can I do, man? How can I buy your music? It's like, well, all my music is pretty much set up to be free right now, so I don't really have anything in order for that, and eventually, maybe, I will be able to, you know, make, to sell it or something, but I'm not as much focused on that right now, so I want to give it to where it's like, there's not a paywall, but if you want to give to the cause, it's like, at this point, it's like, if I'm working on a project... I'm having to pay to get it mixed, or I'm having to pay to go to the studio, or I'm having to pay for promotion or pay for artwork or something like that, which I didn't do any promotion or artwork pay. I did that stuff myself for this project, because initially it was just going to be on Instagram. I digress. The best thing you could do would be to just give me some money directly, and if you tell me that you want me to use it for my creative purposes, which I'm assuming if somebody just sends me money, that that's what I'm going to use it for. So... You know, I, I'm, I'm able to keep the lights on at my house without needing entertainment, but I'm also uh, only have so much of my own money that I can dump into it. So for now, I'm able to do what I love, and I'm able to keep in contact with you guys and have fun. So and create content, we get to see how far this whole thing goes. I digress. Five songs on my Instagram, on my Facebook. Shane and Sam on the podcast. We talk about a bunch of cool shit. Uh, I do also want to let you guys know, new listeners and old listeners, last year there was this thing called the Best of the Pine Belt. It is coming back up. Here soon they're going to be announcing it and all that other good stuff. The, the 15 to 45 to 150 of you that actually listen to this, if any of you guys feel like it, I would love it if y'all would get in on that with me this year. I'm going to be posting more about it online probably when it comes out, but we're going to try to we're going to try to see how many categories we can get into. Rightfully so. I'm not trying to get into any categories that don't make sense. Like I don't want to be uh, I'm not going to be trying to go for the best dressed category. But 
They have a podcast category. They have a project or album slash EP category. They have a single category. They have a, an emerging artist category. Last year, I was nominated for Best Podcast, and I was nominated for uh, Best Song, which was crazy. I was excited to be that, and I actually think that I was one of the first rappers to get nominated for that category, which is pretty crazy. So this year, you know, if we win... We win. If we don't, we don't. But we want to try to get nominated. That's what is really important. I mean, in all actuality, this thing's probably not that important. But it would be a good look. And it makes all of us, including myself, obviously, selfishly, but it makes everybody who's been out here supporting me not look like uh, they're supporting a lost cause. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, hopefully, I don't make you guys feel that way. Anyway, I appreciate it. I hope you guys share this podcast. Just know, between the podcast and the music, the best thing that you can do, even if you can't donate money, because, I mean, hey, I understand. I mean, I'm asking for money, so I get it that it's, it's hard times these days. But I appreciate it when you do. Uh, there, uh, If you can't, just share the stuff. Listen to it. If you can't share, if you don't feel obligated to share it, listen to it. Tell a friend in real life. You don't actually have to share it on Facebook if you don't want to, but tell a friend about it. Be like, man, you got to check out this episode because this episode was the episode that he talked about this, this, and this. We've talked about all kinds of crazy shit on this podcast. So, tell your friends about the crazy shit. Anyway, uh, thank you guys. New and old listeners. And uh, more news about the uh, Best of the Pine Belt is going to be on my social media whenever they start opening up uh, voting. It's it's a little, it's about three minutes worth of time consuming to sign up. But once you sign up, you're good to vote every day, whenever, whenever. And it literally takes like 30 seconds to vote every day. And uh, I will really appreciate it. We're trying to get them nominations, baby. We're trying to sweep. I'm, I'm going to do a parade uh, out here where I live after, not really, I'm kidding. But uh, I'm going to definitely, if, if I win any of the awards, I'm bringing them back to Macomb. We're going to take a bunch of cool pictures with them. And if I don't win any of the awards, I'm bringing my ass back to Macomb anyway. I can't wait to come to Macomb. It's been so long. Hopefully soon I'm going to get to come through there. Maybe in the next couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for uh, checking out the podcast. Enjoy this episode with these two awesome men that are passionate about music and they are beyond excited about what the future holds for them and for the scene in the local area of Pike County. Yeah. All of these rappers, my kids, though. I did it again, it's my kids' fault. I'm on the ass like we falling cash and a real road of that bad song. Came up walking the mad dog 2020, this shit has been sad, dog I'm here to tell you just how it is Feeling like Jason Go I'm fading the smoke, really feeling the glory Banging my head while I'm telling my story She wanna know if I'm really the man I had to tell her I'm kinda important I ain't a kid and I'm not your subordinate Issuing missiles, just send me the coordinates Came from the land of the winning this fortune And loose off the juice, I should yeah, learn how to portion it Out of my mind, writing rhymes, really pouring it Won't it, I get it, pull up where you storing it I gotta get it from Brooke, every road And them said I be great, now this is me showing them Ain't throwing shots, but I steady be pouring them Chugging some shit that I stuck to my podium Tell all my people we back on the road again I'm in the booth, making baby Organic poison sickest to the south. I am here tonight or today, depending on when you actually decided to listen to this, with uh some fellows from I assume that both of you are from Pike County. Is that true? Yes. Uh born in Phoenix, but raised here. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I have uh, Sam and I have Shane, and they're here, and they're talking with us on the podcast. It's awesome. You guys, uh, both, of you are word. Mu- <laughs> both of you are musicians. Uh, I've actually, ironically and unironically, have heard of Sam prior to now, but, or, excuse me, I've heard of Shane. I've known Shane, not personally, but we have seen each other in passing at Applebee's and in the home. <laughs> but uh, this is my first time having a face-to-face <laughs> with Sam, so it works out either way. Uh, yeah, thanks for being on, guys. What's going on? What are you guys up to these days? Thank you. Much. We're glad to we're glad to be on, man. Not not much going on. Just trying to find music in this hell that COVID is. Trying to get some shit written, and then I mean, once it's written, then if there's venues to play, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel I feel that. Uh, and you know something something that's really funny. We talked a little bit, obviously, before we started recording about how you guys uh, are. You had moved from Macomb to Arizona. Now, when you moved, was the sole like uh, ambition for that move based around music, or do you have family out yes. there? Or? I, I have family out there, but the sole intention was I wanted to go play music. Because growing up in the South, I really got into metal at a young age, and a buddy of mine, Damian Hendricks, he and I both really got into metal, and we were like, this is what we want to do, man. And uh, we both just mutually agreed, like, yeah, that shit's not going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, we moved out there and I played in a couple bands there and then just over, over being there for a couple of years, I kind of realized like, it's nice there and all. And yeah, COVID did kill it for, you know, kill the industry over there for a while, but really you can get music going anywhere. It's just about how hard you push it, I guess. That is a, that is a very true statement. But the sole intent, uh, the sole intent was to. I went there for uh, audio engineering. I went to a school called Crass, and I learned how to record on, like, different DAWs, softwares, and uh, different boards, like a Neve console or Neotech. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you, I am a complete dumbass when it comes to hardware and software. I, uh, I, for the first, this project that actually what we connected about getting on the podcast was the project that I just got through recording and putting out was the first thing that I've ever actually just recorded the entire thing myself. Now I've been making music, rap music and metal music and rock music and punk music since I was, the first band I was in, I was 13 years old. And I have never learned how to like do anything with recording, like or the mids and the highs and the bass and the lows and all that other stuff. I mean, I, I have a basic foundation of knowledge, but as far as like perfection and having like a good ear and no look, trying to figure out what to listen for and what have you, I've always been kind of a dud. So people like you who might have a broader knowledge of that, I always admire that. I've always been around, obviously. <laughs> I wouldn't say a broader knowledge. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I pissed around through that school just kind of – like I, I did learn a lot. Sure. And I am definitely more knowledgeable in that now than I was. But when I look back at it, I'm like, damn, I wish, it pay, I, wish I would have paid more attention because it's – you think like once you do all that, everything becomes like, you know – I don't know what phrase you would use so that I'm spacing it here uh, – did it give me second nature? Like, just common knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, second nature. Sorry. But I, I just, 
it's not as easy. Like once you get it down, there's still so many more levels to it. Like you may have like a, like you can get a basic understanding, you know, from learning it. But then after that, there's still so many different like idiosyncrasies and just different. I don't know. It just (laughs) keeps going on. Yeah. I mean, you, you literally said one word and I don't even know what the hell that means, but it's awesome. Whatever the word is you just said, I have no fucking clue. But you see, so you already know more than me. <laughs> you said it, no, it, no, is it idiosyncrasy. It sounds like a, a idiosyncrasies. It sounds like a conspiracy theory, is what it sounds like. like. <laughs> it's it's basically just like the whole like j- there's different pieces to everything. There's very different. Um, nuances and little details yeah details there you go details is a more yeah idiosyncratic like an idiosyncratic routine it's kind of just like it's a routine but instead of a broad routine it's very detailed and and thought out i guess you could say very minute very minute yeah uh technical uh well i mean the way that i i would compare it to would be something like you have like a thousand different rabbit holes that you could fall into in the audio engineer area. Yes. But once you get into yes. once you get into the rabbit each rabbit hole has its own catacombs inside of it. Just like it's like <laughs> ten times what an anthill is. It's like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So very fractal. Yes. Yes. We we could definitely go on and probably learn a few words if we kept going down this rabbit hole. Just, just call us Webster's. <laughs> could, you imagine, could, could you imagine we have such we have such a good foundation for a great conversation, but we just spent an hour and a half talking shit, saying different words, trying to figure out how we could compare it to this exact same scenario. Dude. <laughs> that would be fun but i would also be a little itchy. I'm like damn i forgot to plug band man yeah. <laughs> i was like we completely forgot to plug anything that we could have possibly wanted to talk about but <laughs> do you mind if i do that real quick to get that out of the way um anyone who's watching or listening if you could please follow he and i uh on uh instagram that's all we got for right now uh it's dod official my bad dod band underscore official um band that i was with in phoenix uh they're they're great guys um i'm pretty sure everybody would love them it was more hardcore project uh none to no one you can find them on instagram as well ntno official that's about it yeah, okay <laughs> for what it's worth uh we'll let you plug it again at the end and uh excuse me and uh i'll put anywhere i share it i'll tag y'all's shit in it as well like, so that way, you, Appreciate. Know, I, you know, I mean, that way, even if uh, people forget or whatever, because I think whenever I listen to podcasts or whenever I listen to radio shows or something and somebody plugs their stuff, I'm always like, well, I'm not going to remember that. Like, you know, like or, a lot of people do, but I mean, you know, especially people with the special interest, but uh, yeah, I always think to myself, like, man, I'll just, but it's also really not, if you're trying to find someone, you don't have to find their exact name. You you could just follow the spider web of which the internet is, and you can usually find people's shit. So, chances mm-hmm. are, chances are, if somebody is fo- is listening to this, they probably follow me, and I'll tag you guys a handful of times anyway. So, <laughs> thank you. That'll work. Thank you. Um, you know something? I you something? I don't know if obviously I imagine you guys are a couple of years younger than me. Sam, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. 
Um, 24 going on 25 this year. Okay, cool. Well, I knew you had uh, spent some time with my friend James, James Johnson, Hillian James of the Hillian Hideout podcast. Don't forget to check them out. Sorry, I had to do a plug for my guys there. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, plug my yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I knew that you had hung out with him, so I didn't know if you were – because James is a little bit older than I am. But I didn't know if you guys knew that, like, back in the day, there actually kind of used to be a scene in Macomb. Mm-hmm. I, I was told about this. Um, Our buddy uh, Stephen Howell, he uh, used to go to a lot of the shows around here. And I just – I'm very ashamed that, like, my generation just forgot all about metal – yeah, and well, you know, I, I I give you a very 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 brief history of how it died. Uh, there was there was this guy and he was the front man of a punk band called Fight to Die that was from Macomb. Initially, they were from Macomb. Well, the front man ended up moving to Jackson. The front man and their bass player. The bass player was my brother. But then there was also another band. The two big bands in town was Fight to Die and the, I'm sure you guys have heard of Shaken before yes yeah um friend of mine's apparently cousins with the bassist or something but you know who's your friend uh dallas harrod she said she was related to him in some way she was related to the uh drummer and the vocalist that's what i said vocalist because for three years i was in shaken at, at one point in time. Oh, okay. Do you play bass with them or yeah, guitar? Yeah, I play bass. That's why I asked who was the person because I have I have a couple of cousins running around Macomb too. So, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know. <laughs> hey, that's what I was saying. I was like, it's hearsay, man. It could be anybody. <laughs> yeah, but no, she she is uh, J- James and Dean Harrod. They were the drummer and the vocalist. They were brothers, and their cousin is Dallas. They are obviously significant, old, significantly older than her. But, uh, but yeah, they were two. Um, Two of the members, and there was also the three core members of Shaken was the Herod brothers and Tommy Killingsworth. I don't know if you guys have ever met him or met Jeffrey Killingsworth, but heard uh, the names. Yeah, I've heard those names a lot. Yeah, uh, but I digress. Those were the two bands. Well, Shaken stopped playing metal and decided to start playing rock music, which did further their career for what it's worth. But it still fizzled out at some point anyway. So it kind of like. There used to be, uh, let's see, when it all started dying out, really, uh, there was Shaken, who became a rock band literally right when I joined. Not solely because of me, but they were trying to go a new direction anyway. Because they had their main guitarist that they had had for forever, pretty much since the beginning. He moved on and went to go join in a band called Mailing and the Sons of Disaster. I don't know if you are familiar with them. I was about to mention them because I, I remember hearing their, their name and uh, I... I want to say for a brief period of time, I was speaking to Gavin, yeah. and when I was still here in Macomb, he was telling me about a buddy who would record around here. Yeah. And I can't remember his name, but like long blonde hair, glasses. An odd man. <laughs> Somewhat, but I mean, hey, odd's cool. Okay, okay, okay. Say if you have a Pokemon. I'm, his name's Jake Duncan. That's the guy who went to go play. In yes. Game. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you have like a Pokemon cards, right. And then it's like, you have the three different levels of each Pokemon. I'm not very well versed in Pokemon, but if Gavin is the number two card, like the, the in the middle card, Jake Duncan would be the third card. So it's the third evolution. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's not anything on Gavin or on Jake. I'm not saying anything bad, but 
Jake, <laughs> Gavin, Gavin would probably tell you that he, he, him and Jake used to be inseparable. Like they were really good friends and you know, Jake was older. So it was kind of like a big brother thing. So that's why. I yeah. Uh, but Jake, wherever, whatever he may be doing now with his life, once upon a time, and I would still assume to today, uh, a virtuoso, I would say a master class guitarist. Like, I mean, like, as far as a writer goes, and as far as like, I mean, I'm not, I'm sure he probably couldn't play every style of music in the book, but like, not being dramatic, that's all he ever did was play guitar. So, and that's all he did from when he was young until I would, I would love to think that that's still the case now, but I'm, I'm not sure. We don't keep up much. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. But anyway, I digress once again. After he moved on to go and uh, travel and play with Maylene, his time with Shaken more or less had ran its course, and he took that that leap of faith to go join them. It you know it went well for a while, whatever. Maylene's not a band anymore, but they, I mean, he got to see the world playing in that band. Like they traveled all over the mm-hmm. world. So awesome news for a guy that came from Pike County that went on to be. Able oh to yeah, that. you know, and that's kind of like you know especially for, I mean, you guys, obviously even still, but maybe me when I had still had a little bit more twinkle in my, like, that's like the dream, you know, like you want to join a band and get paid. Like you don't even really care that much about getting rich. It's like, it would be great, but it's like, man, if you could pay a few of my bills and let me travel the world, play music, it's like, why not? That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that would be more than enough. Right there. You, you start counting your years and be like, well, shit, if I'm, 20 or you know inspect when i was way younger when i got to do like i'm 28 now so whenever i was doing music heavily and traveling and stuff like you know two or three weeks here or there i was in my teenage years so it's like at that point in time like man i could just live like this if we could just do this full time i could live like this for like 10 years before i had to grow up you know what i'm saying it's like i could just do this and be like this would be awesome and not to mention is the just the fact of being in a small town and being in a band that can bring 100 200 people out to a show you that's the that's the coolest thing in the world as a teenager like there's, yeah. there's not very many things that can make you feel cooler than that that's that's for sure uh, I, not in my experience, at least at the time. I mean, I've had a kid and I've gotten married, and that's awesome. I'm just saying, getting on stage and kicking ass yeah. is always awesome <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. It really is. It's it's a strange feeling. I remember like my first time getting on stage. Like I was so fucking afraid, man. Like I, I'm not like in specific groups. I can be social and whatnot, but I. I I hit the stage and I went to say a few words like we are so-and-so, but I just sounded so like, uh, hey, 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 how are you? And yeah. it just, to this day, I remember that. But then after that, it once you kind of break the ice with it yeah, and then do it maybe once or twice, it, it gets a little bit easier. It's still always going to scare you when you're going on, but it's it feels great after the first first or second time. Right. Well, to me, it seems like one of those things, and it takes, I mean, it, it's something that takes years to be more comfortable. You never get too comfortable. I mean, I imagine if you're someone performing in front of thousands of people every night, it probably is like another walk in the park. But it's like, you're going to, I feel like you're going to always get that like, oh man, it doesn't matter if there's 15 people out there or a million people out there. You're like, oh shit, like this is going to be nuts. You know, like one of those kind of things. Honestly, I feel like a smaller number of people is a little scarier to me because oh, yeah. when, when uh, 
when I started in Nantanoa and we were, we were playing like small, like biker bars. There's this place called Joe's Grotto out in Phoenix. And it was not a lot of people. And they definitely weren't there to hear our type of music. Sure. So it, it, it was, it, it was a lot. It, yeah. it definitely messed with me a little bit. I've definitely uh, been in your shoes more times than I would like to admit. Cause you know, I could sit here and I, I could go on and on about the awesome shows that we had packed out in Macomb you know, but you know, you go play somewhere in bumfuck Texas and there's a strong chance that you're going to be playing in front of people that are going to be really upset that they can't understand what the hell you're saying. So yeah. 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 That, that is the, that one all too well. That is, that is one that we all have been familiar with at some point. I, uh, and which, you know, for what it's worth, once I started playing and shaking and they changed their style to more, a lot less screaming, a lot I w- I don't really I would just say hard rock because I mean there it was still heavy as shit but it was more of that transition period and shaken was kind of like changing now that's very common like bands that you would have like li- listening to uh, Bring Me the Horizon you listen to them now and you're like what the fuck uh, yeah Com- compared to what that which I'm not saying is bad music it's just not really my thing oh no <laughs> I love the new music and it's not, yeah. it's not bad by any means it's de- it's just definitely like a a very drastic change, but a lot of bands, they don't really, a lot of bands don't evolve that well with the new change, but I think Bring the Horizon did really yeah. well with that. They worked with, on the new album with, uh, I don't know if you knew, um, Mick Gordon, the guy who did the sound engineering uh, for Doom Eternal. Oh, he, wow. uh, he helped them out with their newest album and it, I, I think it worked out really well. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really listened to uh too much of the latest album, but I've just definitely I've listened to their uh singles and what have you like over the years, which ironically enough, I wasn't really that into them back in the day, but all of my friends were. Like all of my friends that I hung out with and I knew their music because of the fact it's kind of like I didn't like asking Alexandria at first. Because and I don't know why I just thought they they just sounded so like typical. But over time, that first album became like a classic to me. I was like, man, I was like, I think it was also kind of like maybe at that point in my life, I had gotten to where like I had already became a fan of all these other bands. And then you had bands like Bring Me the Horizon and Asking Alexandria popping up. Miss May I is another one of them. Like mm-hmm. Attack Attack, like those kind of bands, like. They all to me seem like children of the Devil Wears Prada. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Because like, for me, it was like, oh my god, the bandanas, the cut off girl pants, and you know, kind of long hair with a little blonde in it. Like that was the the Devil Wears Prada crew back when I was young. Every band in the South wanted to sound like this band called With Blood Comes Cleansing, and they wanted to sound like Maylene. And they wanted to sound like the Devil Wears Prada. That was the three bands that everyone wanted to sound like. I, I, I say that I'm particularly like local bands. You know what I'm saying? Like you travel and yeah. across the South, like those were the bands that like influenced everyone. But, you know, and as far as like, you know, metal goes. And it, back then it was also a huge portion of bands in the South that everybody was a Christian band. It was like, mm-hmm. the, yeah. And, and nobody could really understand Nobody can really understand that as much now, but when you think about it, and it actually makes sense now too, but in the South, there's a lot less places where you can get shows when you play that kind of music. But yeah, a lot, a lot of people aren't very open to that. 
down here. And I, I get why, but at the same time, it's, it's like, I mean, how are you going to stop an idea or just a sound? Right. I, I think, but the beauty of it was though, is you had cool youth pastors so you could play at churches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's, as long as you got, and everybody in the South grew up in church for the most part. I mean, not everybody, but you could say a percentage of people grew up in church. So it's like, if you, and the coolest place to hang out is youth group on Wednesdays. Like, even if you were not like just diehard head first into the Bible or anything like that, like all the bands I played in when I was a, a young man was uh, Christian bands. I got, I got kicked out of shaking for smoking weed. So I, I think you, you actually, uh, I'm not sure if you were with them then, but I think you guys played a show at uh, my family's church. You know where uh, Calvary Baptist is down in Pricedale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to go to that church when y'all came through there and played once. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's no telling. Well, uh, James and Dean Herod, their parents used to go to church there. So I think that's one of the reasons why they okay. had, had the hookup there. They actually, I mean, I don't know their actual address, but they live right down the road from there, uh, which is, you know, pretty cool. And Tommy, the, that, that, the band themselves actually practice about three miles away from there. Or not now, but they did back oh, wow. then. <laughs> So it's like, and it was kind of cool because it's like, you know, you got the whole, the night before a show in Macomb, you're like practicing or whatever. And then it's like, all right, well, let's just go uh, set up at the church, not necessarily at Calvary, but like we did a couple of, a lot of shows at New Heights in Summit. And uh, like we could go, we could go set up the night before. And that was always really convenient because on the road, it's nowhere near as you're carrying. And not to mention, one good thing about Shaken, I don't know how it happened, but they did not have a problem investing money into their equipment. So we always had a lot of equipment and it was big and it was, it was fucking rad. But I'm just saying, when you go, when you're, on the road, <laughs> when you're having to, you know, and I, none of it was mine, but I mean, it was still awesome. <laughs> and it, it, when you're having to be on the road and you're unloading it, setting it up and then loading it back up the same night and then you're traveling and doing all that and doing all that. I'm not, complaining those were some of the best years of my life i'm just saying that kind of stuff that would be like the thing you did not like the most when you would be on the road would have it to load in and load out that sucked yeah that that shit did suck but not not i was not a fan of uh loading and we never really went like too far i don't think we ever really went outside of phoenix with none to know because we were still just kind of picking up when i left the group sure um they uh when we were playing at shows, though, it, it there was almost like no setup time, no sound check. They would just, yeah. and if we did have a sound check, it was like a minute and a half long, maybe just like smack the drums. All right, you got level guitar, vocals. All right, cool. Well, whenever you're ready to come on, then yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna turn your uh, microphones on and go to the bar and get drunk until you guys are done. <laughs> yeah, I hated some of those sound engineers, man. They were they were kind of dicks. Yeah, that's a, that's a standard, though, I'm pretty sure. I think that's like a stereotype. It is. <laughs> uh, now I hate it because it's like now I'm that guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> I used to – there was a, a band that we used to – well, I used to be in a band called Armageddon, which is funny you mentioned Stephen Howe because Stephen – Stephen's the one who told me about Armageddon. Okay, Stephen, Stephen loved Armageddon. He was like the first person – we. I think we printed like 25 shirts or something and only for that band. Cause it was a, it was a side side project. Like two of the guys that were in the band 
like didn't even no excuse me one of the guys that was in the band didn't even play an instrument and we were like look dude we need somebody else to be in the band so you got to just come up there and play the top string we're going to show you the pattern because it was like very simple music but it was at the time it was like really heavy like the myspace handle was myspace.com slash heaviest metal on earth I don't know how we got it. I don't know how we got that, how somebody didn't get it beforehand. Yeah, I feel like that would have been taken by then. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and because at the time I was playing and shaking, but I was also playing guitar in another band called The Covenant Between Us, which that was a band that I actually, that I started with a friend of mine named Jason Galt from Macomb. But uh, mm-hmm. we, I was in, I, that's how, I mean, I guess I learned how to play guitar in two weeks because we needed a guitarist in The Covenant Between Us. So I learned how to play guitar and then we started practice. I didn't play a show or anything after two weeks, but I just picked up a guitar because I had a little bit of knowledge about it, but I had played drums up until that point. Well, then we started the band because we had a German exchange student who played drums with us and it was this crazy ordeal. I digress. I'm sorry. I was talking about Armageddon, but Armageddon didn't have a drummer until the very last show that they played. We, we had all of our drums on a track. Oh, I was about to say, like, how did that work? Like, there's no... Now, uh, before, before we did it, and after we stopped doing it, I said, that is the tackiest shit that anybody could ever do. I was like, that is the... That, like, you know, why would you play a show without a drummer? Because I, I just... I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But at the time when we were doing it, we were doing it totally as a joke at first. Well... Whenever we put the first song up on social media or MySpace, I mean, that's all it was back then was just MySpace. (laughs) But, I mean, there were other things, I guess, but I don't even remember what they were called. MySpace was everything back then. But when we put the first song up, we got people that we knew to push it, but we took band photos with cloaks on. So nobody knew who it was. Like nobody knew who was in the band. So if you could imagine us having our our little small ecosystem of like a music scene, like between like Jackson and Macomb and Hattiesburg, because those are the three places we played the most. It's like people are like, oh, my God, who is this band, dude? You know, you'd had your few people that be like, these guys are fucking lame because fuck them. Well, we booked a festival at First Baptist in Summit and Armageddon was set to play like third to last, I think. So it built up this crazy hype train for like two months, which mind you, we were trying to build hype, but we did not realize that it was going to be because all of the bands that we had been playing with for the past couple of years that we booked for this festival, they were all like, yo, who the hell? They were asking us, like, who the hell is in Armageddon? Like, who is in that band? And we're like, hey, man, I guess we'll find out, you know, I guess we'll find out on the 12th or something. (laughs) And then, man, it blew my mind whenever... We played this big, it's like this big intro with like Gregorian chants and all this other shit going on. And we walked out from behind these curtains in the gymnasium at First Baptist and Summit and we had cloaks on and we walked out and everybody, they grabbed their guitars. I grabbed the mic or whatever. And it's like the drum starts and we just dropped our cloaks. But I freaked out because when I dropped the cloaks and it goes straight into a breakdown, like the, the whole song is like a giant breakdown. But the first part, it just goes into a breakdown. And there's like, gotta be 50 or 60 people just beating the shit out of each other and i'm like oh my god i was like i didn't even realize i mean in a good way beating the shit out of each other i guess if that makes sense. right right <laughs> and, it, it, 
it blows my mind that that can happen here. Yeah, I, it was different times. I'm telling you, it might it might seem crazy to believe, but it was definitely different times. Uh, but man, I, I'm really like ashamed that I didn't get to live through any of that because I, I remember like think like growing up in North Pike, and I knew a lot of the older kids who you know they were into metal and stuff. But then the kids who were like immediately above me. It was all like just rap and stuff, and right. don't get me wrong, I liked rap, but sure. it really upset me that I missed the scene. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of died before I got a chance to enjoy yeah. it. And you know, I, th- I think about that uh, a lot. You know, whenever I'll see like you or somebody else from Macomb, like that's just you know p- doing your thing or whatever, like with guitar. Like if I see you on social media or something, it's like posting pictures or something like that, and I'm like, damn. I was like, if only these guys knew. The thing that sucks is it's like it was a whole half a generation that it's like if you guys would have been there instead of whatever the half a generation was behind that or behind us rather, then it would have been it would have been able to. I don't like I don't like to say I carry the torch, but yeah, it could have been something to kind of keep it uh, uh, fueled or whatever. I've had I've had plenty of people try to give me blame in the past, my brother gave me a hard time one time. He's like, you single-handedly killed the uh, music scene in Macomb. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, well, you decided to pursue rapping and you stopped playing in bands. And I was like, okay, well, I was like, uh, there's plenty of other people who knew how to play guitar, except for me. <laughs> I was like, I, I did play in like four bands in Macomb at one time. So it's like, I, I, I guess I tried, but in the same breath, I also became a party animal too. So I had different interests, I suppose. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with like evolving with music too. Like you find a different interest and you want to get into that. Like when, when I was in Phoenix, I was working with my buddy Cameron Carruth and he absolutely loved rap. I used to not be a big fan, not because there was anything wrong with the music. It just wasn't my thing. I sure. just liked heavy breakdowns and gutturals and yeah. all that. And, but he, he kind of, he brought me around and I like it now. It's just, damn, man. I wish yeah. I would have, wish I would have been born like maybe two, three years before. Yeah, dude. I mean, that, it, I, 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 well, and you know, something that's good about us having this conversation. Well, first I do want to say, I think that the reason why, small towns have such a problem with like bands. Once people get older, it's a hundred percent ego. Like it, it, in my opinion, it's like, because everybody wants to be the rock star because everybody got a taste of it as a teenager. And eventually it's like, I'm the one that wants to be, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm impervious to that. And I mean, in the past, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've never just prided myself back. And like I said, I was kind of, I was, pretty dependent on other people when I played music. So it's like at the time, and that I think that's one thing that I was so attracted to about rap. I was like, well, I can cut out everybody else and I can say whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? I can say, that's a, you know, like, that's fair. And, and it's different to articulate it, but don't get me wrong. It's like my first, my first original passion is like loud ass aggressive music. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, a band, one of my top five favorite artists of all time, and this includes of any genre, is a band called Azalea Dying. I don't know. I, I'm sure Sam's, okay, yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure oh, Sam's yeah. heard of Azalea Dying, but definitely. <laughs> uh, great but band. 
I mean, their whole catalog to me is awesome. I mean, that's crazy, mm-hmm. crazy shit would happen with their vocalist or whatever. Oh, yeah, Tim. Yeah. Tim. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about uh, he, he came back into the industry again? Yeah, and they're, they're they're slow burn, but they're killing it. I mean, they were going pretty hard yeah. before COVID. They were even getting on the road, too, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. I guess they're just ignoring the what he did. They're like, well, that was in the past, and he's a different person now. And yeah, and I, I feel like that's that's a really big like um, a couple of buddies of mine and I had this same kind of argument, like with Michael Jackson. You know, the whole ugh, you know all that shit that happened. You know, like in it, I completely understand the argument that's like, well, you can't support that person because if you support them, then you're supporting what they do. But in my mind. I don't give a shit about that person. I like the art that they made. And to me, there's a big part of separating art from the artist. Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, and with his situation particularly, and, you know, obviously it's pretty far removed, but it's like, for one, not from my personal point of view, but somebody like Takashi 69 is successful. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the rapper Takashi 69. Yeah. Okay. Like all the different heinous shit that he's done, which is not the worst in the world, but it's just like all this different stuff where it's like, what, you shouldn't even be at all on kind of any kind of pedestal, but you are. So more power to you. Tim Lambesis. I, I listen to rap music. I listen to rappers that like catch bodies and they get out of jail and make more music. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they talk about it in their music. I'm not saying that in like a, Oh, I listen to it. So they, everybody, almost every, big, no, I get it. Almost every big rapper, whether I listen to him or not, they glorify like wretched shit. So who would I be to be like, Oh my God, Tim, you tried to have someone else kill your wife. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and it would right. be to me. It is a little bit different if somebody wanted to pose the argument. I I don't particularly just. I would not have been pulling up Michael Jackson music to listen to in my free time anyway. With that being said, if he comes on the radio, I'm not changing the channel. If he comes on the playlist, I'm not. I'm singing along because I know the words. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, there's there's way more factual proof that uh, Tim Lambesis tried to kill his wife or have his oh, wife yeah. killed than there was that Michael Jackson did what he did. But with that being said, I'm not here to defend him or deny him. As lay dying, right. either, either way, I mean, a funny a funny caveat to thing to say actually would be, well, at least Tim is sticking to the metal code. That's like the most metal thing you could ever do is try to kill your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe if he was from Norway, that would be a little bit more accurate. Yeah, yeah. Like, there we go. <laughs> that that's my realm right there. <laughs> he, he loves black metal. <laughs> I, I like the kind of the true crime, uh, which is actually um, crazy in itself that we're talking about, like you know, crime in the metal scene because that's like the most crime ridden scene ever Absolutely. in the history of anything. Yeah, man. <laughs> but um, burning churches and they like eat their fucking bandmates and shit like that out there. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> it's so controversial and, and you never know what's right or what's wrong or what's true and what's not because they're all just in it for the credit because they want that it was a big ploy to try and, you know, throw death metal horse and be like we're going to do something the opposite and make it you know wretched and as bleak and as from you know europe 
like in our central Norwegian area as possible. We want it to be cold. We want it to be dark. And it's just like, yeah, y'all went a little bit too far there. But, <laughs> but, but I, I, I appreciate that you came up with some cool creative stuff along the way though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Well, something, something that I kind of, and, and it's, you know, obviously I, I don't think that they should do a lot of the things that they have actually done. And I know it's a broad spectrum <laughs> of people over there. It's not just like, you know, every metal band in Norway is cutting up their kids. <laughs> there I go. Oh my God. I, I'm the one who brought up cutting up the kids. But they, uh, like, there, there's something kind of romantic about the fact that it's like in Norway, like these people are burning down churches because they're really about their that life. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's something about it. Maybe because it's so far removed. Like, if I out here in Purvis, if somebody's burning down a church and they're like, all for the name of metal. I'd be like, no, bro, that's, that's not a good idea. <laughs> like, let's no. But, yeah, you go to Europe and you have all the, the pagan history and everything like that. From what I read up on it, and I've watched documentaries and stuff on it, not to sound like a nerd or anything, but oh. um, from what nerd I... Nerd it up, man. Get more nerdy. <laughs> no, but what, what it seems like, which I, I can understand, I don't necessarily follow that mindset, but the people who participated in, in the church burnings and things that happened in Norway in the early nineties and that metal scene, it originally started due to one person wanting to take back pagan land because Catholicism came over to Europe and built these huge cathedrals on top of pagan monuments and things like that. And they want, and, a couple, a few, a handful of people wanted to take their land back in that way. And then the other people kind of like put their claws into that type of terrorism, if you want to call it that. And we're just like, well, this is how we're going to be metal. So you couldn't tell the difference anymore. There was posers and then there was people that actually had a reason behind it. Not a great reason because, you know, it's still burning, you know, arson, but, but yeah, it's very controversial. And, you know, you don't really – it's hard to have an opinion on it, too. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's interesting nonetheless, you know. And and to – for what – Oh, yeah. To your point that you mentioned just a second ago, it's like, I mean, the the music's awesome. So it's like, you know, and if you can get into the music, I mean, which – I mean, I feel like that's like uh, black metal and like power violence are like two of the uh, most – I don't want to say obscure music you could get into, but like – Did you say underground? Yeah, they're like the furthest corners of like the. Uh, it's like it's it's pretty common to hear a kid in school today be like, "Oh yeah, I listen to metal." You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, "I listen." To yeah, metal. it's always metal. like metalcore. Or, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, he calls it very. Uh, what did you say? Least accessible. Like it's not necessarily not accessible. It's just not so on the forefront of the media side of music. They don't really present that. Yeah. So you won't hear a lot about it. Right. Well, yeah. p- did you have people be like, "Oh, I listen to black metal." Yeah, uh, Cradle of Filth, and it's like, yeah, or Behemoth. Like, yeah, exactly. Or Fuck you. <laughs> I like Behemoth. Oh, I know. I, do. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with those bands, but it's just one of those kind of things. Like, yeah, I listen to metal. I, I really like Linkin Park. You know, it's like, <laughs> and I, I love Linkin Park as a kid, but I never even thought to think to call them a metal band. You know? No. Yeah, no, alternative um, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially in the later years, I was, it's just back in the. I would I would call Linkin Park a bridge band for me, like from like mm-hmm. that's a, that's a good word for it. 
because like I'd say I started listening to them around like 12 or so you know what I'm saying that that sounds really young but it's like I was kind of we got to where we could get on the internet and like go on like Yahoo back in the day at Yahoo Radio and you could kind of like luck out and listen to songs you wanted to but it's like they would have been a band that like got me because it they had like rap in it but it was also heavier sounding music and then it's like you get I got into bands like System of a Down like and then from there it just got into more and more as lay dying was honestly one of the first like metal metal bands that i like listened to like regularly and i was like oh my gosh these guys are awesome and then it was like just of course kind of how we were talking about the rabbit hole and the layers and the catacombs from there you kind of find yeah but to sam's point about it being least accessible it's like you, you just you can't just like you don't really just stumble across a a true black metal band you know what I'm saying? Like, you no. almost have to be looking for that. Like, it's a very, very acquired, fine taste. It's And there's also, the there's also a million of them, so. Yeah, exactly, and they're everywhere. But but not to sound pretentious by saying least accessible, but it but you kind of sometimes have to pride yourself, and, and if, that's, if there's certain parts of that genre of music that you like, you don't want to be like, well, this is the most least accessible thing. You don't want to label it, I guess. You, sure. you don't want to seem just like, like this, this stuff you don't want to hear, man. Yeah. No, it's just like, but no, there's like certain details. Like it, I didn't like it at first. I just enjoyed like looking up the true crime, like we were talking about. Of it. I was like, what are these kids doing? And what are they making? And what is making them want to do this kind of stuff? I've got to look into this because whether it's, hatred depression or even positive feelings anything that people go forward and just try and do something different make something out of again not trying to seem pretentious but no, 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 i understand but just trying to find the notes find rhythmic progressions finding drum beats and mixings and and piano chords just all everything that makes music music to try and you know, show that feeling and put that face on a song or on an album right. or what, something like that. Wasn't it like, uh, I, I remember you saying something like it was almost kind of like a middle finger to the rest of the industry of metal, just yeah. kind of like supposed, it was supposed to be underground to just be like a, a, a shit yeah. on the rest of. And there's just something about that where it's just like, that's good, but that's also bad because it's kind of like, okay, you're, you're just as bad as the people who are making it big now and and are have overproduced music and everything like that you don't like that but you're kind of a poser by being like well here's the middle finger and and i you know i'm just gonna be like fuck this and fuck you you know it's just kind of cringy i guess you could say just like make it because you want to make it if you don't like that it's fine to have that opinion but i mean don't make that the whole platform I guess what you're saying is like, no, I want to make something new and something artistic. That's cool. Well, right. go ahead, do it. And maybe people will like it. Right. Absolutely. You know? and I, that's I, that, that, that's any genre of music. Sure. Something, you know, kind of to what you were saying, it's like you, it's like, yes, it might be hardly, or I don't want to say hard. It might be difficult, be difficultly accessible. That doesn't make sense, but you get what I'm saying. But don't, you exactly. shouldn't, you shouldn't be the reason it's that. It should just be like, oh damn, like, right, like damn. It, it, it's I kind of wish my band was like a, a little bit, or I wish that these bands that I like were easier for people to uh, 
like find and listen to and possibly digest. You don't want it to be as easily to digest as top 40 radio, but in the, because the, where's the art, right. you know, effort there, where's the emotion or the passion, yeah. even, even if it is dark passion, you know what I'm saying? It's just like that, <laughs> that passion or whatever it may be. It's like, you want people to feel like, I mean, I, I compare, I compare it uh, at the best example I can. You think about, you work on a project, uh, say an eight song or a full album you work on it. And it's like, shit, why, how, like, I want to spend money to market this just because I want people to listen to it. It's like, I want people to hear what I put into this and anybody I think that has ever actually, you know, and that goes for shows too. It's like, it's a bummer when you go and you do a show for 10 people and it's like, oh, damn, man, I wish there was more fucking people here because such and such said they were coming and such and such said they were coming. And I put all this work into like making this music like that I want people to hear. And it's like one of those kind of things where it's like uh, with with what you were saying or what we were saying about black metal. It's like you don't want to be the reason it's not accessible. <laughs> it's like but I mean, uh, that goes into the conversation about elitist and music scenes. It's like exactly. Anybody like in that like what you're saying a second ago, it kind of goes with any genre of music, anybody who's like, Oh, this is for us, or this is for me. It's not for you. Like you're not, you're not passionate or you're not behaving passionately about here's market territory. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's like one of the, I mean, it, it goes where someone's like, I'm so passionate about music. I love music more than anything. And then they're like, Oh, this is my band, not my band. Like I listen to these people, only me and my p- friends listen to this. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, it's, it's like one of those things that kind of get, it's a tick to me. Now I know that sometimes this is genuine, but it's like people who are like, Oh my God, you haven't heard the new, you know, bloody Mary 4000s album. And it's like, no, I haven't, you know, it's like, and then they make you feel fucking stupid because you are not like on the up and up of whatever it may be. And they love that. It's like, I don't know who they are. I'm just saying like specific people. It's like, they love the fact that, <laughs> exactly. They love, the, they, they love the fact that you feel like an idiot because you don't know this obscure, obtuse project or band or singer or rapper or, you know, cello player that they know. It's like, <laughs> it's, I think that that's all really just a, a I, I think that that's, that's a deeper thing in the sociology of people in general, but people who are music file or audio files, I guess, who listen to music all the time, the easiest thing for you to do something like that with is with music. So you're going to be like, Oh, well, my bad. I didn't discover this person in the deepest corners of SoundCloud. And you did, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like that, that kind of defeats the purpose of that person being so underground. It's like, you say you're a fan, but then you go and you, talk shit on somebody else who doesn't know anything about it it's like if you want other people to like it you i mean be accepting you know to a newer crowd you know the next generation of people who want to listen to it you can't be exclusive about it right well it's almost like clockwork too with bands especially you know like i said i'm 28 now so i've watched a lot of bands especially from when i was younger when i kept up with new bands a little bit more but like you watch a lot of bands come and go but it's like our transition rather like you've got bands like we were talking about with bring the horizon and a day to remember and all and it goes with any genre but as soon as enough people like someone all those other fans you hear all like half of the fans like oh well their new shit sucks and it's like they they have to tell you it's like how an atheist 
is uh like hates Christians so much that they are hate they're so like they got to tell you that they're atheists. You know, it's like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying anything about bad about people who are atheists or people who are Christians either. But it's like for some reason when I remember when I was younger, it's like people were just so proud to be an atheist. It's almost like the Christians were negatively are, proud about it. It's yeah. like there there was no pride in the fact that they believed that there was nothing. It's the fact that they just wanted to shit on people who did believe in that. Right, right, exactly. And it's more of a negativity than a positive mindset. Right. But nonetheless, it still fuels, it fuels the, the engine, the engine being whatever their, you know, way to keep going is. I, once again, I digress. We were talking about how bands do, you know, people are about bands. It's like, well, ultimately, what would you want from a band that you are the biggest fan of? You would want them to get more shine, right? Like you would want like everybody in the world to listen to them. If you're truly a fan of them and it's like somebody, their music <laughs> If their music didn't change, you would say just because they got more fans, you would say, oh, it's the same shit we heard the past three albums. But if their music does change, you'd be like, they fucking sold out, man. You know, yeah, what I'm I, saying? I, hate, I hate the word like sell out because it's it's just another way to bitch at a new new sound, new vibe. And like I, I had that a lot with um, my friend Damien. He. He and I grew up. We loved asking Alexandria. Like we were those stereotypical kids. Who, no, I mean they were the like, shit. They were the shit when you guys were growing up. So I mean that's not yeah. that at all. But they, uh, but they had this kind of sound all the way from stand up and scream to reckless and relentless, death to destiny. They start more towards like a, a rocky sound, and then they, um, whenever Danny left and Dennis came in, and then Dennis left, Danny came back. They they had such a drastic change, right? And Damien didn't, like, he wasn't about it. Like, he just, he kind of had that viewpoint, like, oh, there's sellouts. They can't, they can't do what they used to do. And it's like, it's not about, like, I mean, if you really love this band, it's not about if they can still do that or not. I mean, I'm sure they can. But even if they couldn't, what matters is, like, sure, it might be mainstream. And it, in a way, sucks that it's not a part of our little exclusive, you know, friend group or the way that we viewed music, but it's like now those people that you cared about because they helped you out with the mindset that they had through music, they're doing yeah. better. So be happy about that. Yeah. Right. Kind of full circle with what you mentioned earlier about separating the art from the artist in this um, section, you've got to kind of separate. It's kind of vice versa where it's just like, if you don't like the art, it's okay, but you liked the artist. If they're changing and they're happy with that, you support them because they they mean something to you, or at least their old music, their old message, or their message that they still have now, even though their sound has changed. You know, it it that's the thing is you, there's got to be a, a line there, and you just because the more you're elitist, the more you push that agenda, you're just going to push more people away. And then that does exactly what you don't want to do to that band and gets people to be like, oh, I'm not going to check them out because yeah. they suck now. Right. You exactly. Know? You're, you're defeating the purpose. <laughs> right. And a lot of people will just go to the, the new shiny toy that nobody else has yet. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's like, you're just mad because, uh, asking Alexandria isn't that shiny toy anymore. They are, but they're more like a, a giant shiny, uh, public park. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to a shot yeah. that you and your counterparts got to. It's like, oh, everybody does that. That's lame. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it just kind of sucks that the world is so 
consumeristic. Like they're, they're very just built upon like, I want what nobody else has. And that's cool in a way, but it's just, I don't, I, I wouldn't say closed minded. It's just very, I don't know what word I'm selfish. looking for here. Yeah. It's pretty selfish to just be only happy for that brief period of time that you got what you wanted. Right. Exactly. And I mean, and there's plenty of other things to chalk it up to. And honestly, like when it all boils down to it, it's like when that time comes like, okay, one of my favorite bands growing up was under oath. I'm sure you guys have heard of under oath at least once. Okay. Aaron Gillespie is one of my biggest, uh, uh, people that I like (laughs) as far as drummer. He's great. He is, he is a very talented young man or old man. I don't really know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of old. Like, some weight. <laughs> when I was younger, man, like our, I was 13 years old and like about to turn 14 and under oath played in Jackson. It was like four days before define the great line came out. Oh, so if you could imagine like, this is like they're, they've been touring and they've perfected uh, their only chasing safety. And mm-hmm. I had just gotten into him recently because that was like really, I mean, I had only gone to a handful of local shows before that. That was the first big show. I mean, aside from like stuff maybe with my parents when we were kids, like, but that was the first big, I mean, they were still underground. You know, there was like 300, 400 people there, but it was like, you know. They still had room to climb for right, right now. Exactly. Compared to now, they're like playing festivals yeah. in front of like 20,000 people and shit like that all over the world. Well, not right now, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, and. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those kind of things, like even before they took their, their, or before they broke up, really, they they had kind of changed their sound, but their fans were able to, they evolved slow enough, or their music never changed too much. It was like their sound just evolved, especially from Define the Great Line on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they, they really did reach a peak, I think, whenever they broke up, like prior, to, I mean, until after they got you know, back together. I think they had the most fans they had ever had at that point. So their trajectory was still going up from what it seemed like to me. And I didn't even really listen to that last album that they put out before they broke up. I listened to it a little, but like, I mean, I listened to those three out, the Kaleidoscope album or whatever it was. I listened to Find the Great Line and They're Only Chasing Safety and the album before that with Dallas Taylor, who became the vocalist of Maylene. I don't know if y'all knew that. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was like, wasn't the old vocalist for Under Oath? Yeah, I think he sang there because I remember that voice. That's yeah. Southern Twang, Texas. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and then when he's actually from Alabama, I believe, but. Oh, okay, oh, okay, wow. yeah. Even more so. I, I was guess. thinking Houston. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> <Long> time! <laughs> but, uh, well, but when they came back and they made their resurgence and that, you know, there was some elements, I guess, of like that old sound, but it wasn't the same sound. I mean, it was way mm-hmm. more of like that rock. Like, I don't know if you guys ever listened to Spencer's other band. He had a band called like Sound Waves or something like that. The vocalist. Oh, yeah. And, like, they were cool or whatever, but, like, it was like, man, I really wish Under Oath would get back together. <laughs> like, yeah. But when they're, they had their new sound or whatever, it's like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm into this, but it's not it's not old Under Oath. But in my head, I'm like, especially, I mean, I was older by the time they came back out, so I'm not just a, a bitter bitch like, like a lot of people would be. But it's like, I'm like, well, this is cool, man. Good for them. Because it looks like they're really taking a really professional approach. You know, they went and toured their albums first and they made a 
cockload of money, I'm sure, off of that. And they're like, you know, we could probably do this a few more times. You know what I'm saying? They're like, Cause why not? You know, because at first it was like, oh, we're going to go on tour. We're going to play Define the Great Line, and they're only chasing safety all the way through. And we're going to do like 100 dates. And they did this, and it's like, why wouldn't they continue being a band? Like, you know, none of them had anything going the way that they, which I understand they all, to my understanding, with the exception of like two of them, have families. Like, they're grown-ups. I mean, I could yeah. kind, kind of see in a way why a person would do that. Like, it's, I feel like maybe if you achieve that level of just like, whoa, we know that we have like a diehard fan base right now. We're killing it why not, you know, like quit while we're ahead in a way, like, I'm not going to say that's necessarily like the best route they could have taken, Sure, but it's, I could see why a person want to do that. It's like, you know, like retiring with the heavyweight belt, you know, just go out a winner. I definitely get that. I definitely get that. And it's like, that's why I was, that's kind of how I was saying it's like, but when they came back, the way that they did it was genius because they came back and they played off the most purest form of nostalgia. So it's like, even people who aren't going to follow us into this next stage of us being like a a band again, like, like at least we can give all of those people what they want. And maybe we can bring a bunch of them with us to this new sound, as opposed to coming out with the new sound first and then trying to, you know, be like, Oh shit, this isn't working. So let's go do the, the you know the throwback albums and do that tour again or whatever so <clears throat> i think the way they did it was great i was saying all that to say we did uh me i bought my, my wife was pregnant with our son and i bought us tickets to go see under oath and we got and got the vip tickets or whatever i only had to pay for one i only got to pay for one of the vip tickets because i was gonna let my wife go and do it but they ended up letting us both go and i don't know why i guess because we did there together and security didn't know what the fuck they were doing so we got to meet them and that was pretty tight but we were also back there for the meet and greet for dance gavin dance i don't know if you guys listen oh shit i love them (laughs) i'm sorry i had a little no you call it Fanboy. <laughs> Dance Gavin Dance has been around since before I was even listening to this kind of music. And I never really listened to him until I met my wife. Like, like all this time. I'm even we used to crack jokes with Gavin when we were like young, way younger because we were like Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, Dance. Yeah. You know, just, just uh. and I had still never listened to him. And I don't know why. I guess it didn't really pop off in my group of friends or the people that I hung out with in different cities. I just never really listened to them. But I'm like, oh, my God, this band is fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's like these guys are and very talented, like an incredibly talented roster of people in, in that. Oh, band. yeah. The way they blended like jazzy kind of tones was that was cool to me. And I really got into that when I was I think I first heard them like back in. Were they around in 2013? Yeah, dude. Dude, they were. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I got into the scene like 2005, and they were a band already. So they just had a bunch of different vocalists for a while. They've had a lot of change-ups. but yeah, that that pop blend with you know the very intricate metalcore, you know, hooks and everything. It's 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 staple, even with all the change-ups of the vocalists for sure. To to me, and this is this is totally firing from the hip here it's like a hot take but they are like the if you had a top 40 version of between the buried and me like i don't know if you guys have ever listened to between the buried and me but that like because their music is their music is so technical it's like they've been playing like 
like the guitars will be playing in a different time signature than the fucking drummer. And it's like, but it's like catchy somehow because it's, oh, the, the kid, the dude's singing. And it's like, this is fucking beautiful. Like the whole thing is just awesome. I, I like, I love the band. I've gained a, a large liking for them. And it was also cool because my wife loves them. So she got to meet two of her favorite bands in the same night. So that was pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, Props to you for giving her a cool gift. Like that's, Oh, damn! I was, wish I was, they would do that for me. I was going to see Under Oath either way. There was no—I mean, I didn't care. <laughs> I, I didn't care if I was going to have to sneak. I didn't get—I didn't really give a shit about meeting them. No, I mean that was awesome. But like, you know, I was just like, "Fuck, dude, I got to go see Under Oath." And man, this was—this wasn't the tour where they toured those two albums. This was them touring their their rock album. You know, like this was them putting—they had put that shit out. But I mean, dude, they might have played—they played for two hours, and they—I mean close to two hours and they may that have played hell set, man. Dude, they may have played four songs off the new album the rest of it was all the shit that i knew and i was like this is great i was like i can't oh, yeah. believe this because that first tour are all those dates on the when they were touring those two albums heavy like they, i'm talking about as soon as the tickets go up they're sold out like and then you could get resales for a cockload of money but it's like i could there's no way i could afford it then and i pulled it off with the uh the trip to New Orleans, but also we weren't going to stay down there. We weren't going to party and get wasted because my wife was pregnant. So it's like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to go down there for the night and watch it and come back home. So it didn't really cost me that much. I bought the tickets in advance and it seemed worth it because my wife was going to get to meet them. And then I got to meet them and then we got to meet Dance Game and Dance. So that was pretty cool too. Uh, and, you know, that kind of shit to me, it, it was a lot cooler when I was younger with the whole like getting to meet the bands and meet people who were like popular or whatever because i think what happened was at some point i realized that that's not that far-fetched and you realize that these people are just normal people too like not yeah normal. they're the same as you just put on a pedestal yeah. right they right. probably appreciate that i mean that's true they probably yeah i noticed a... no go ahead i'm sorry uh, i'm not happy of that no it, we're also lagging a little bit so it's, it's all good i was just saying like I imagine you probably get tired of people coming up to you, like acting, like not being able to have a normal conversation with you, like about something just casual. It's like you're sitting there like having a beer and somebody's like, Oh my God, like I drank that too. I can't believe that you drank the same beer. And it's like, and just like, okay, like every fucking body drinks Bud Light. Like, I don't know what she is. It's like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> but I'll, there, do you, do you have like a kind of a formative, like, did you meet a lot of bands growing up at any point? Like, did you ever go to Warp Tour or anything? Or I never went to Warp Tour, but I have had the the my brother. My brother has been my gateway for a lot of things. Now, I met a couple of people. Like, I, I don't know if you guys ever met the uh, dudes. Have you ever heard of the band Four Today? Yes. Okay. Like, I've, I've break the cycle. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. There's uh there's a couple of bands like. I met a lot of bands that were on this record label called Face Down Records because we used to bring them to Jackson all the time. But I also used to go, there was this music festival that I went to in uh, Illinois called Cornerstone Music Festival. We played there a couple of times with my brother's band and my bands or whatever. But, uh, and I, you met a lot of people at festivals, man. I guess to your point about Warp Tour, like you kind of can just run into people or whatever. But, uh, I, you know, I've worked shows and I've played shows with big name bands and, you know, hung out, hang out with people and all that to say my brother in my later years, which is crazy. My brother has actually, he used to uh, tour with the, have you ever heard of the band Gideon? 
Yes. Okay. What? Yes. That's okay. cool. Okay. My son, my son's name is Gideon, by the way. And, oh. and it's 51% because of that band, 49% because it's just a fucking cool name, I guess. That is a cool name. I, I could have named him like Mike or something. Not that there's anything wrong with anyone named Mike. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> but uh, we we kind of came up with uh, Daniel McCorder, the vocalist. My brother and him are like best friends. So uh, my brother ended up going on the road with them one time. And then it turned into him being on the road with them for like three years straight because he was their merch guy and he took photos and all this other cool shit. My brother's, if anybody ever tells me, hey, man, you're really, or your brother seems pretty cool. I always say he's about 10 times cooler than I am. I was like, and when he's in a bad mood, he's only nine times cooler than I am. So I I like, I always joke around and say my brother's my claim to fame. But uh, I digress. Him being on the road with them and me traveling like to Atlanta and New Orleans and shit like that. I've been able to meet a couple of, you guys know who uh fit for a King is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Those are some cool dudes that I got the chance to meet. Like just, I mean, same as anybody else, you know, as far as like, Hey, we're just on the road trying to live our lives, living out our dreams, doing what we want, that kind of thing. But obviously I didn't have those conversations with those guys. Cause I wouldn't be like, Hey man, it's, what's it like? You know, I was a good, I was a good bit older. This was more recently. I mean, in the past, like six or five or six years when the, the, I got to meet all those guys, uh, I met the dudes from the Acacia strain, um, I met All right, the, I'm leaving now. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm gone. Uh, that, I, I'll send you a picture after this, a, a picture of me and Frankie Palomari from uh, Amir flipping each other off. It's like, <sighs> dude, I used to talk so much shit about that guy. And then like when I met him, we like, like just were sitting in a circle shooting the shit. And I was like, look, dude, I got to get a picture of me and you like flipping each other off. And he's like, all right. He's like, that's not the weirdest picture I've been asked to take. And I was like, yeah. which is, I'm not surprised. That guy is a, a wild, angry man. I'm quite sure he's had some crazy shit happen to him. And so I was like, I got to get a picture of this to bring it back home. And I, of course, immediately threw it on Instagram. I was like, oh, look who I ran into tonight. <laughs> but casually speaking, the only reason I was there was because I got to be backstage because of the fact that my brother was with Gideon and, you know, we've known Daniel or whatever. And of course I've, those guys, I've I've hung out with the guys in Gideon plenty of times. Uh, that because I mean, my brother. They were. It's fair to say. It's safe to say that my brother was friends. Is friends with them. So whenever yeah. I would find myself with in Jackson, or they would be around, or in anywhere in Alabama, or in Louisiana, or something like that, because there was plenty of times when we had to bring my brother to meet up with them somewhere and crash out and shit like that. Now, mind you, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to brag or anything about it because it sounds corny, but cause I mean, I did meet Drake too. So no dude, I, w- I wish I would have like done shit like this. Like the, the whole reason <laughs> I bring it up was because I, I've only had like one experience like that. And it was with asking Alexandria, Damien and I had gone to rock bar out in Phoenix where they, they did an album release and everybody kind of has like their musicians that are like, he's the reason I do this. And it's, I'm not going to lie. Ben Bruce, the guitarist, and he's to me, he is the band and he is the reason that I play guitar. Cause I can tell you from the day that I learned that I love metal, the day I got into guitar was just hearing some guy that I thought he, he seemed like he just was not into metal. 
And I was like, what the fuck are you listening to? And he gave me the headphones and it was uh, not the American average. I was like, oh, man, I want to do this, man. And then that was that was it. And so when I met him at Rock Bar, I had that kind of. It was kind of immature me, but I couldn't help it, man. I was just yeah, like, look, I, I was like, look, you're the reason that I like I, I want to do this, man. And he like he, he broke me down. He was like, I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> oh my god, that's wild, dude. That's wild. Yeah, no, that's pretty awesome. I have a couple of friends that would shit their pants if they heard that story. Because I mean, like, because like I said, my friends, like, especially, I mean, there was a good percentage of them where like asking Alexandria was the end all be all there for a while for them. Like they were like asking Alexandria is like, like how some, some people that I'm from, like some of my people closer to my age, like they're like diehard, like, or maybe not so much now, but they were like diehard Avenged Sevenfold fans. And it's like, no, I'm not saying there's, I, I like them enough or whatever, but like some people were just, that was their band, you know, like Avenged Sevenfold forever. And like, but then, a little bit younger than that asking alexandria it's like asking alexandria was everything to and the fact that they may manage to be consistent and the fact that they didn't get rid of your boy the guitar player that that did them some good because i mean they i mean i don't know if they're still putting out music but i know uh, yeah. 10 years ago or so they put, put out an album and i thought that they, shit they came out with something towards the beginning of uh 2020 i think or towards the i'm not sure when it, it was in 2020 though yeah. And I think it was like a house on fire or something like that. And it's definitely not like the common asking tone. It doesn't even sound anything like their newest self-titled album, yeah. but it's still, it's just cool to see them persevere. Like they're right. going somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, you don't see, well, I mean, obviously this past year we haven't seen any festival lineups, but you, for the past six, seven years, really, you haven't seen a festival lineup that didn't have their name in it near the top. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how mad can you be? Like, whatever they're doing is working. And that's kind right. of that's kind of where I was going with the under oath thing, too. It's like I might not be as, you know, dead ass into their new stuff as I was their old stuff that got me into them and really made me have a passion for them. But it's like, hey, man, go you guys. You got a second wind and it's, you know, working out twice as good as it did last time. So by all means, it's like, how mad can you be? I mean, and them asking Alexandria getting Danny back really seems like it helped them, too. I mean. Because people, there was a while there where you didn't really hear about them as much, or I didn't, which, mind you, my head space isn't exactly just all the way in metal as it used to be. But I remember when he came back, that was all over the internet. People were like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Boy, is bad. Like, I'm I'm with it. I used to think he was such a chode. Even when I was listening to them a lot, I was like, this guy is such a square because he wants to be American so bad. And it's like. It's it's funny because he's. I don't know how to explain it. Like he, he, when we were there, we met everybody in the band except for uh, James. James couldn't. Not James. I'm sorry. Uh, the rhythm guitarist Cameron. Sure. He didn't end up making it because they. I guess he lived in some separate state away from where everybody else lived. Yeah. But um, whenever we got there, uh, towards the end of the night, uh, we were leaving, and uh, we were talking to these two chicks, and you know, I mean, just flirting or whatever and then uh as we're leaving we we see danny so we're like oh we should like you know say hey or whatever and we got to say hey or whatever and i was worried that he wasn't going to be like you know still i liked the vibe of the whole like you know party animal was oh, yeah. you know just down to have a good time and i was worried that maybe like and even if he did i wouldn't be angry at that because i get it he came back from a rough close to death 
experience. Yeah. And I can understand that. But I was like, I wonder if he's still, you know, party hard. And then we were about to leave. And then before we leave, the two chicks that we were talking to immediately just gravitated towards him. And then he was sitting on them the whole time. I was like, you know, I can't be mad, man. Yeah. It's like, he's the guy. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's awesome. I mean, it's like, what do you do? And then it's like, oh, well, it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Like if, if you ever had so, if you ever had someone st- like totally fuck up the game you were trying to play, at least it was him, you know? Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I take no offense to that. I'm just I I would look at those two girls and be like, good choice, like yeah. <laughs> good job. You you made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look before we uh bef- before we get this out of here, I do want to make sure we get to talk about uh a little bit. So you guys are what kind of band are you? What kind of music are you guys writing? Are trying to write right now? I'll let him take the first half of this because it's kind of a, a split. Hey, well, but I be- think that's gonna- the beginning. Go ahead, I'm sorry. The beginning stages is always the best stages because you're trying to kind of figure out the sound of what you're wanting to do. You're figuring out what you want to throw in the blender, really. So, and that's you know kind of exciting, but it makes you nervous at the same time. Yeah, and that's kind of what I hope could be a positive aspect because me and Shane both kind of grew up with the same bands. Like um, he was more of an asking Alexandria fan. And I was more of like, you know, under oath as I lay dying. And I I liked my pop punk. I liked my blink 182 green day and AFI. And yeah, no, I I definitely have heard you talk about the kind of music you listen to. I have, I have have heard you. Thank you for explaining to my audience, but I've listened to you on the uh, other podcast a good bit in the earlier day. Oh yeah. With James and everything. Yeah. Yeah, He, he, he loved splitting up the, between the music and the games and the anime and everything. And I always love coming to talk music with him. Cause I know I always had the weirdest, like everybody's going to look at these bands and how I describe them and be like, ah, I don't know about this guy. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. But with our band, um, I guess I thought it would be cool because we had the same kind of upbringing, but as we got older, um, we like both- were on two totally like, opposite ends of the spectrum now and it's it's crazy like i'm super into stuff like have you ever heard of alpha wolf yes 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 i've never i've never I, listened I, to them but I've, I've heard of them i've seen their name I, a million times i really love the new kind of uh the way that it might be a little more of the mainstream route i'm not gonna lie but it's i kind of like that very like genty just bombastic breakdown kind of sound almost i wouldn't say deathcore but it's still very just it's very rhythmically rhythmic and and beat down type of just heavy it's not yeah it's just a lot of genty heavy yeah and and it's got that pattern in there and And that that would be like more the route that i kind of come from and what i want to combine with his interest in like and i guess with my interests is like i love stuff like that and he's actually since we've been living together and listening to music and trying to figure out our influences he's definitely turned me on to a lot more sure. of his kind of music um but I, I i don't know if i'm doing a good job at it because <laughs> but um i guess as i got older and i delved into the black metal stuff i didn't want to do that sound but something that kind of um had some of the details that i liked of that sound Sure. Um, with, uh, the, yeah, with the kind of the tremolo picking and the different types of, um, scales that they use and how dark it sounded. And I love synthesizers and just, 
spacey atmospherics and 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 just screwing around with with an atmosphere about your song and just being you know off the wall just any kind of creative thing goes so i just i've dug through the rabbit hole with electronic music and underground electronic artists from europe and stuff like that and then the black metal and then doom metal and stoner metal and just all these different kind of subgenres that have these cool like echoes of Black Sabbath, but they also have cool echoes of Motorhead and also their own kind of lo-fi fuzzy sound. Yeah. It's just like, I like this. It has a groove to it. It has a, it has a personality that I really enjoy, you know, having around me. It's very trippy and cool. I, I guess kind of a good, like overall summary of what we're trying to say here is like, we're trying to take this. He is far more diverse of a musician than I am. And he got like, really way into like subgenres and shit and i'm just sure. over here like yeah asking man or yeah the wanna, very mainstream and i, I, I want to bang I my of, fucking head <laughs> yeah and but i but i i like that because i think that'll be really cool to try and mix the mainstream sound with very underground and just see how that sure. plays out hopefully good never well, know i mean I, I i don't i don't see why it wouldn't especially if you guys are uh as passionate as you seem to be about it for sure i mean i wanted to ask you said you ever listen to sleep yes okay. yes that is like one of the main groundwork stoner metal bands from the 90s right there that yeah, they, yeah. Real they're cool. not as accessible as other stoner metal bands but they definitely like if you like those sabbath chunky sabbath riffs and yeah. and you like your 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 fuzzy pedals then go for it <laughs> but fuzzy. yeah my brother went and saw them in nashville and he went and saw them in new orleans and he was like man oh wow he, the first time he went and saw him, well, I, I don't know if I should even say, but needless to say, it is called stoner metal. So when the first time he went to see him, he, uh, I guess was not as well informed with the terminology stoner metal. And then the second time he went and saw him, <laughs> he was like, man, the second time was so much better. <laughs> but he was, he was into him. Don't get first me wrong. The first time was an icebreaker. Yes, exactly. The, the the second one is probably the first one is probably what made him understand why it was called stoner metal, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but he's he's really into shit like that for sure. Uh, I have a coworker who is also like he's like a diehard big back patch that it's a fucking sleep backpack uh, uh, back patch, and he's got like right here on his chest. It's like a thing that goes down. He made his own the sword uh, patch on his, yeah. his jacket or whatever. That's another one that, that this, uh, sword's been around for a while too, but we used to listen to them a pretty good bit. I digress. None of, uh, you guys, um, I, th- I don't think that it would be very complicated for y'all to put your minds together. I, honestly, when it all boils down to it in the beginning stages of starting a band, it's all about compromise, especially if you both have your different sounds. It's like, you gotta, you know, cause it's like, you could sit around and try to figure it out for as long as you want. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be, five years or six years but you're not going to be playing anything for five or six years so coming to that compromise at some point which i'm not saying that you guys are having a, a huge fucking trouble figuring it out i'm just saying when it, the sooner you you guys kind it's of a get, little tricky it's <laughs> a little tricky once you guys get to writing and you know you can kind of like formulate a band or whatever i think it would be sick if you guys started doing uh found a way to do shows in macomb and i don't think it's that far-fetched either though because there's a couple of different ways and once you know, and the I will I'll exchange numbers with you guys because I know a few people in Macomb, man. I did I grew up there. I lived in Jackson for a little while, and then two years ago I moved here. 
I mean, so for I lived in Jackson when I was like 19 for like a couple of years, but most of my life I've been in Macomb. So I do know some people and I'm not saying that I, I'm going to be able to get you guys to be able to perform on top of the fucking, you know, trust mark downtown or anything like that. But <laughs> I just saying we can make something happen. You guys know people too. I mean, you guys have been there for forever too. So, but it would be cool. I'm saying outside looking in, I know other people in bands, bands from here and, there's a few bands in Jackson bands are a lot more scarce than they used to be. Obviously, as we were yeah. talking earlier, we live in the middle of fucking Mississippi, but they do exist for what it's worth. I mean, it, they, they're just hard, kind of a little bit harder to find. Uh, and I think it would be kick ass. You guys, uh, so far, is it just y'all two? Y'all have another, uh, another prospects or. Unfortunately, right now it's really just us. Uh, we're, we're looking, uh, talking to people that we can trying to find like, another bassist or uh another guitarist or anything because right now where i stand is guitar um our buddy steven like i said he he grew up with y'all's music and he loves metal still listens to it and we've been trying to convince him you know to like get out there be a little more open maybe try to learn to scream if you could and we'd love to have you on yeah and i'm not sure where that's gonna go i hope he'll do it but um if not then i'd be happy to if we happen to find a guitarist before we found another vocalist or bassist or whatever. I, I did a little vocals here and there. So I'd be more than happy to swap over to vocals. If someone will take that position, just anything that gets the positions filled. It's incredible that your name is Shane because you sound exactly how I sounded as a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) I I started out playing drums. Then I learned, like I said, on the whim, I learned how to play guitar. And then I was the vocalist in that band Armageddon and I played bass and shaking. So I think it's very important to be able to be like well-rounded just for, I mean, for any project you have, it's, it's a good, cause I mean, anything could happen. Someone's sick and they need someone to cover and right. well, then you're there to help. I definitely wouldn't say it's a necessity, but I certainly think that it is a very, very crucial part of writing. If it, the more, when it comes to the more people in the band that know, uh, not necessary because there's people who don't know how to play drums, like a, a guy who's been playing drums for eight, nine 20 years but they have the mind for it you know what i'm saying it's like if you have the mind for because to me i've always looked at it as like i was i was never that great of a drummer i was an okay yeah. guitarist but all I, what i could do better than anything else was get on stage and be a fucking cheerleader that got people's attention you know what i'm saying like that was an and i was always okay at talking to people <laughs> so like that's been like my my position i guess in a band but I think that uh, it's very, very critical if people, the more people who know how the functionalities and the way that something will sound, it's like you could put this drum pattern here or you could put this one, you know what I'm saying? More people who have that mindset in a, a band, in a collective or whatever, the, 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 the more, you know, full your music will probably sound at some point, which both of you guys. It offers really, more perspective from yeah. every you know angle. Right, right. Both of you guys seem to be pretty well-rounded in the uh, spectrum of, I just, I want to see you guys pull the the trigger, man. Because it would be, I mean, it's very rare that you hear people from Macomb say anything about wanting to be in a band. Like, I mean, you guys probably know better than I do at this point, because y'all are more interested in it right now than I am. But just thinking about how much fun we had back in the day, and all the different, and I mean, the stories could go on and on, like about how much fun we had, even just in Macomb from shows, whether it be bands coming through or, you know, 
you know, uh, just local bands, like people, cause people wanted to play music and it's like, it kind of sucks that that's like gone now, but yeah, the only way that it's going to come back is if somebody puts forth the effort selflessly we the porch and tries to carry it. Right. Right. And it's like, it's one of those kind of things I say selflessly, obviously you have to have some self-interest, otherwise you're going to burn out really quick, but in the same breath, it, uh, you gotta have, you gotta have that, uh, Going into it right now, it seems like you you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm just saying, in my opinion of the way it would be, is you have to almost think about it in the mindset of you're recruiting people too, not just for your band, but you're trying to create a community. So it's one of those kind of things that I think you're tr- you're really trying to k- create culture is what you're doing. You're trying to create. I mean, sure, you could lose yourself trying to think well. Macomb 30 years from now could be known as a hub for this new uh, mainstream gent sound. <laughs> Not really, but I'm just saying, you know, like right. whatever you, you want to get to where it's like, because if you say you do start a band and you manage to get this band and this band from these other towns to come in and perform, it's going to be awesome, but it would be a lot awesomer if you could awesomer. It would be a lot cooler if you could get people there to be a part of it and realize how much fun it's, literally people who have never been to a show before or don't know anything about the music, as long as they're open to possibly not being able to understand what the people are saying, there's something about the guitar tones and the drums that is captivating. It makes people like they either think I want to do that or I cannot wait till they have another one of these because I just want to be right there in front and just be like, ah, or they want to be raising hill and moshing or whatever the hell it is they do, you know? And it's like, and that is, that is culture. That is, that is, that is, you know, uh, planting seeds in people and it's whatever you, you can't force somebody to like a style of music, but if you, someone finds, finds it, if you offer it to and put it on a plate and be like, Hey, this is right here. You know, it's like, here, come to this watering hole and, uh, check it out. Our water's pretty good over here and it's fun and it's not problematic at all. You know, like I don't, foresee you guys going and burning down churches and you know sacrificing <laughs> sacrificing goats on Delaware or anything. <laughs> Shane's like he knows no, too much. <laughs> but oh, no, really, dude, thank you for the enthusiasm and, and the good wishes. I, we really do appreciate that. I can speak for Shane on that too. I yeah. feel like. And the same to you. We hope that things go well with you know the podcast of it. We would love to anytime if you ever want us back on, we would love that. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm definitely. Great having, I'm planning on. Uh, I'm planning on. Well, shit. So you work on the weekends? Is that what the, the gig is? You you have a job? Cur- currently, he and I both work at Walmart Distribution, and we work uh, Saturday nights through Monday nights from six thirty p.m. to four thirty a.m. Yeah. If we don't get off early, but um, from Tuesday to Friday. Yeah. Free for the most part. I'm planning on trying to make a trip down there to Macomb at some point uh, in the next like two or three weeks in my entire life. This is the longest I've gone without visiting Macomb, but the way I'm going to set it up, man, I'm going to be trying to do a couple of podcasts while I'm there and I'll be coming there on a Friday morning. So uh, whenever I do, I'll let you guys know in advance. We might could do one in person. You guys come sit down with right. me at my spot where cool. I'm going to be. And uh, sure. we, we can talk some more, share some more stories and shoot some shit for sure. Cause like I said, man, I think I think it's great that you guys are wanting to put together a band. Like I said, more than anything, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys pull the trigger on it. Because you know, I, I I I'm my days of playing music 
I mean, obviously I'm rapping and stuff, but like my days of playing music and the time that it takes to do that and to be dedicated to that, those days have probably come and gone for me. But yeah. I, I will say I will definitely do everything in my power. You know, once you guys get the ball rolling, I will definitely be there to support you guys hands down. You know, Thank you so appreciate much. that. As, as long as you don't turn into chode nuggets. If you guys are like, <laughs> if you guys are like, like killing people and shooting up heroin, I don't really know if I could help you out very much. You might have. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man. we need more heroin. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, th- I, I don't have the money for it, so it's not really my uh, my game. But uh, hell yeah, man, this was really good, and I'm definitely going to be in touch with you guys. And I'm looking forward to everybody uh getting to listen to this and the people who don't know y'all. You know, you never know; you might already have some more supporters by the time uh this podcast gets out. So, I mean, there's people there's people in Macomb that would that don't play instruments, but they would champion a band for sure. So, and you look at it as you guys, you know, you guys could be, you know, a, uh, like I said, you plant a seed or you could be the, the, the initial fire that gets started to encourage other people to want to start bands. That's kind of how going back to our conversation earlier, you know, it's, it's, it sucks that there wasn't more people. It sucks that it died out the way it did. Everything kind of came to an end yeah. before before there could be a younger audience nurtured into becoming the artist as opposed to just being the listeners. You know what I'm saying? And and the goal, or not the goal, I mean, the, a goal for sure, I think uh, would be good to have that in the back of y'all's minds at least, that there is potential for the influence. It's not just for the – you guys are old enough and – mature enough to understand that it's not it doesn't have to 100 percent be for your own self-glorification like i said you need a little bit you need to be a little bit selfish as an artist because of the fact that it's like hey i want to keep doing this and you know you got to get something out of it even if that something is just the passionateness the passion of being able to get in front of people or just to put out your music whatever it may be you know like you gotta you gotta have something to keep your fire going but i'm telling you and, you know, Sam, I don't know if you've ever, like, you know, played shows or anything like that or what have you, but it's one of those things to me where it's when you get on stage and you see people staring at you and they've got that look in their eye where it's like, I mean, honestly, dude, it could be the shittiest band. Some people that does something for them, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that, 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 that speaks to them in some way. And, you know, back in the day, like it we had, you know, you had the the Jesus thing on your side when you played in the Christian band. So it's like you could get emotionally, there was a little bit there, but it's like once it becomes one of those things where it's like, hey, this is actually for everyone. It's not just for people who are trying to go on this emotional ride for Jesus. It's like we're making music that it's like, I mean, I'm not saying you just have to have a positive message either. I'm just saying like right, the Acacia Strain in Emure speaks to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like if those kind of artists – and I say them because, well, the Acacia Strain's lyrics aren't necessarily the most hateful shit, but that's just really dark and depressing. Emure's music is really hateful, but I, I digress when I go, I'm going down another rabbit hole. But I do think that there's potential, you know, for sure. This is not by any means a shot at you. I think it's cool. and I never want you to stop doing it. Please no. But if you ever have an artist on the show that happens to be drinking, they – Drink new new drinking game. They have got to take shots for the for the I digress. Ah. Every I digress is a shot. 
Dude, that, that's <laughs> I have, have you guys had any, have you guys had a chance to listen to any of the other episodes by chance? There's, there's no wrong answer. I just didn't know. If Not yet. Know. I'm going to, I'm going to start getting into it. I'm going to start watching more of them. Cause I, I, I haven't been watching podcasts a lot. I used to watch like the, the one everybody watches the, I used to watch the Joe Rogan podcast oh, a lot, yeah. but after a while I just kind of, I phased myself out of podcasts. Yeah. And I think that was just because of not being able to play music either or getting into the scene anymore because of COVID and everything. It, it I just haven't been, you know, right. No, I on top of it as much. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely understandable. I, uh, excuse me. The reason why I brought it up is because I have, I like two episodes ago, three episodes ago, I said I was going to start selling shirts where I said, uh, where that said, I digress on them (laughs) (laughs) because I say it all the time and I can't, I can't help. It's that one. And it's nonetheless, I say I digress and nonetheless all the time, but I say it in real life too. So it's like my wife always makes fun of me. She goes, cause I'll say one or the other. And as soon as I say it, I'm like, Oh, and she'd be like, Oh, you digress. <laughs> you digress. We're going we're gonna to start watching this more often now. And I'm going to get him to start shots with me. And I know he's going to be on the show and he's just going to be like, Oh, Shane and Sam are listening. I digress. I digress. I digress. I digress. <laughs> oh yeah. You guys are fucked on the next episode for sure. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man. If y'all want to go ahead and plug y'all shit again, go ahead. This would be a good time to do it. All righty. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, dod band underscore official. Um, what are we called? Oh my bad. Uh, Druids of Decay. Uh, not sure how long the name's gonna stick or or whatever. If it sticks, it sticks. We're not sure. But um, also, uh, if you could go go follow my buddies in the old band in Phoenix, uh, None to No One official or NTNO official. I'm not sure which handle they're under anymore. And uh, one other group, I'm not sure if they're still doing anything, but a group I did vocals for in Phoenix called Frequencies. Frequencies. And I don't, I don't know their handle, but Frequencies on SoundCloud or anything, really. Hell yeah, that's what's up, man. And I, I want to plug... Uh, a band that I was practicing with for a while, they were doing some really cool stuff and uh, they were doing a more of a pop punk sound at first. Um, it's, I, I know, you know, Jason Galt, he was in the band for a little bit. And yeah. so is Clint Rayburn. He's the, he's the head of the band. Yeah. Um, they were, they're called sick in the summer from what I remember. I haven't been in the band for since last October, but um, they were doing some cool stuff and um, I enjoyed the time I had with them. They're really cool dudes um, I've talked to Clint lately and, uh, I'm not sure if they're planning on doing anything live soon, but I know that he, um, has the gear for some great demos. They may release something digitally at one point or something like that. So, um, I don't know if they have a handle or any social media yet, but just so it's out there in some kind of sphere, uh, sick in the summer is what they're called. And Clint Rayburn is the head if, if, uh, you want to know who that is yeah so yeah cool. yeah no absolutely me and clint uh clint was in my wedding me and clint have been really good oh wow a long time. yeah, yeah. Uh, clint, <laughs> clint uh is one of the people that i would refer that i refer to that used to be uh do or die about asking alexandria <laughs> so, uh, and me, me and jason jason was uh well i guess he was he was supposed to be ah. in the wedding but like what an, an usher in my wedding so i think yes he was an usher in my wedding so that's a good way to put that but uh so I'm good friends with both of those guys. Long time. Yeah, they're they're really cool guys. I'm glad I got to know them. And that and along with James, your buddy James, or our buddy James, sure. and 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 knowing them for a little bit of time, I got to learn about the metal scene we talked about. And they they're really cool cats. Is so, uh 
is Tim's group still doing anything? That's same, same, same. same okay, group. okay, my bad. I don't know his last name, but there's a guy named Tim in there that's cool as shit. <laughs> he never kinda, said his Tim, last name. Tim, Tim kind of looks like he could whip your ass. Yes, he's he's a big guy with a beard, and he always wears a hat. So <laughs> that's, how, that's how I describe him. Yeah, I, uh, I met I met him a couple of times through Clint. You know, just coming into town or whatever, and uh, and he's a he's a, Tim's a cool dude. He's a cool guy. I, uh, really at, at first, I thought you were talking about Timothy Watkins. I was like, Tim's in a band now, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Do you guys know who Timothy Watkins is? Mm-mm, I don't think I, so. Y'all got to get into him. Look, I, I tag him in a bunch of shit online all the time. He's a comedian, but he's also lived in Macomb for forever. And he's, you probably went to school with him, Shane. At North, you went to North Pike? Yeah. Uh, what what year did he graduate? I graduated 2017. I want to say he graduated 2015. So he would have been a little bit older than you, but still. Well, he might have graduated before then, honestly. Do you, do you remember what, like, his friend group was or anything? Because there were, there were a bunch of cliques at that school, man. <laughs> I didn't go to public school. I was homeschooled till sixth grade, and I got my GED when I was 16. So I, okay. I, can, I can hardly relate, but almost all of my friends that I was close to in the high school, when I should have been in high school, they all went to North Pike. Like Jack Trim and uh, yeah. a couple of older guys that went there or whatever. Jack was probably- That's a – Max Johnson's older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max, yeah. Is, Max is my okay. boy too. But me and Jack were, uh, me and Jack were really, me and Jack were run. Jack was my best man in my wedding. That's that's if that tells you anything. So yeah. And uh, real quick, speaking of Max Johnson, I think that um, uh, Clint's band. I think that he's playing. Max is playing drums for them now. That that I had to leave and everything like that. So I think uh, I, that's why I'm saying I don't know if they're going to release anything anytime soon or 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 uh, go on a little, you know, hiatus, a hiatus or whatever they're going to do. But if they release something, it's going to be cool because they're going from the pop punk to a, a little bit of a heavier sound. So I'm excited to hear what they come out with and, um, and keep in contact with them for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'll, I, I've talked to, I haven't had uh, them on the podcast just because Clint is a, a Clint, Clint is a quiet man. And I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually not sure if Clint would be able to take me seriously on the podcast just because we've been friends for so long. But then you <laughs> might. He, he might. I, I, I've had Jason on before, but not talking about music. We this was in the middle of everything going on last year, so of course we were having ridiculous political discussions. But uh, which <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. As much as I enjoy that, the purpose of me making this podcast had nothing to do with that. But 2020. Right. 2020 happened to happen when I was like 15 episodes in. So it was like, well, uh, this is what's going on now. So, <laughs> but, uh, it's just, I, it's just, it happens to be one of the big perspectives going on in the world is just how, how everybody's handling it, you know? Yeah. And you know, after the, the whole George Floyd thing, there was really no getting away from, because I mean, it's like, if, you could, get, the if you could get past the immediate, you know, craziness of what happened with the, the, the chaos all throughout the country or whatever, you know, then you get, you're like, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot COVID's happening. You know, it's like, I almost forgot that this, this world pandemic is taking place as well. So it's, you know, that kind of filled the, the air. And then you had Donald Trump, of course, that was a, another thing, you know, it's like the, all, all three of those consumed last year. Like that was the entirety, which they all kind of played into each other, I guess a little bit, but 
I digress. I'm not about to start talking about politics at the end of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, I appreciate you guys for coming on, man. This is awesome. This has been great. Oh, and thank you. Well, thanks thank for having us. Whenever. And, uh, can I say something real quick before we leave? By all means. Just, just real quick, just a little rundown. Um, so Druids of Decay from Macomb, Mississippi, and Frequencies and None to No One from Arizona. And sick then, in the summer. And sick in the summer, which is, uh, I guess from Macomb Summit area, if they're going to do anything soon. And, uh, and you already shouted him out, but I got to because he's my homie too. Uh, uh, oh, James Johnson, Helian Jimmy or Helian Hideout is his podcast. Go listen to him. Hopefully he's going to do another one soon, another episode. Hell <laughs> yeah. James is going to be so pissed at me because last, <laughs> last week I had Alex on the show. So now, oh, what? Now, now I've got you on the show, and Jay's like, "What the fuck, bro?" He's like, "It's a- <laughs> together." But James, James, I told I told James I want to do my episode with him in, in person because I really want to put on for the for his show. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I want to I want to have him and Alex on the show together, so that way, like, I can really do a push for for their show because I listen like to, I listen okay. I listen to their show every time it drops because I mean. I like listening to anything that my friends are doing. If it's somebody that I know, I'm going to champion it either way. But, I mean, I listen to podcasts all day at work. So when it's my friends, I'm like, thank God. You know, like, I wish I wish James and them would put out, like, three-hour episodes. Because I feel like I'm sitting there. I mean, I literally have been sitting there talking to them millions of times in my life about the same shit just years ago. <laughs> so it's like, it's like I'm like, like damn. Like yeah, it's like I wish I could just chime in on this. I'll be texting them in the middle of the episode, getting in trouble at work and shit. And you know, <laughs> Alex probably doesn't wake up till like two, but James will. <laughs> or at least he sounds like he doesn't wake up till two. <laughs> Show. When him and mama split, I thought my future was a no-go. Boy, little did I know. Took a couple trips up and down the low and high roads. Feeling like I'm Spyro. Had to earn my wings and you know I got the pyro. On the subject, not the side note. Asking where my mind go. Somewhere in between getting high and hitting high notes. Somewhere in between getting high and hitting high notes. All I need is a melody and kicking maybe two snares. All I've seen is imagery of shit we shouldn't do here. So what if it's a new year? I don't think there's nothing new here. Damned if you don't and kind of damned if you do care. You know how I'm feeling long hair in the breeze. Why'd I have to say breeze? Hard times bring the weak to the knees. You know me and all my people had to share the same dreams. Grow up, get rich, share it all with the team. Pulling up in something sick by mama's nice thing. Somewhere in her 30s, probably living like kings. Turns out life's a bitch and it ain't what it seems. Grow up, get rich, share it all with the team. Pulling up in something sick. Take a filter the pain and 